Hello. Um, holiday weekend is come and gone. Uh, very briefly, because I don't want to belabor this too much, but I thought that the <clears throat> tank operations oh, on the mall were in terrible taste. So let's give Donald Trump a brain damage award for even thinking up such a thing. I'm sure that he wanted to do this last year, but Jim Mattis, who was the <clears throat> Secretary of Defense back then, uh, I'm sure vetoed the idea, because it's my understanding to actually move equipment around like that in Washington. <laughs> the Pentagon has to literally sign off. And, of course, that's why Trump likes acting secretaries. Well, it's, He can I mean, order them about <clears throat> He's acting president. I yeah, mean, in 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 essence, uh, the the ridiculous uh, claim that you know we own these planes, uh, we own this stuff, so right. of course we can move it around. And uh, the fuel's really expensive, dude. Sure. I mean, really expensive. And this is what the Red Army and does. You got to pay. Now <clears throat> yeah. this is a job. These people work in the army, and now their holiday weekend is ruined. And I'm sure there are plenty of people in the uh, armed forces who resent being made into toy soldiers. Yeah, and, you know, I don't mind a little flyover. Look, the University of Michigan has a flyover uh, once a year for their— For the one record, of their... I'm not crazy about that. Uh, well, I, I, I don't approve or disapprove that much. I think having one every three or four years is okay. But they pay the Michigan National Guard to do that. Uh, right. I, yeah. It costs money. It costs money. And uh, seeing it every now and then is OK. And I guess you could even do it on the fourth. But it looks like the tr the wall that Trump finally built was the wall on the mall where his donors were uh, feted with foie gras and <laughs> shrimp prawns and God knows what else. Sounds like it was a fundraiser to me. Uh, there should be hearings into this whole uh, fiasco. Uh, and it shouldn't be allowed to happen again. It, it's ironic, too, because, you know, traditionally the 4th of July, which is kind of a local holiday Precisely. with Precisely. parades and yeah. hot dogs and picnics and that sort of thing. It's sort of a midsummer night's dream, midday's Every dream. Every town, and they do. Yeah. You know, uh, we all grew up that way here in America where you're whatever uh, town you live in, no matter how small it is, there's always something. You know, Ann Arbor has a very nice... Ann Arbor, little parade. parade. Jackson had a parade. I'm sure, in Ohio, your town had yeah. a parade growing up as a kid. That's the way you celebrate. I mean, I mean, only fascist countries have a national state parade. And and of course, one of the funny things about the local uh, Ann Arbor parade, I didn't go to it, but uh, our I live in the Water Hill neighborhood, and I guess our snow buddies were participating in the parade too. little ah, nice. bobcat things. And I was like, you know what? I yelled at one of the guys, I'll come if you can bring some snow along because <laughs> we've had a bit of a heat wave. But I think that one of the other sickening things about it is that traditionally the 4th of July is actually the biggest single day of swearing in citizens. This is a day Indeed, where, yeah. where people wow. do this all over the country in little ceremonies and uh, to ruin it with uh, militarism is, is just inappropriate. We have plenty of other military uh, <laughs> orgasmatron holidays, so <laughs> let's keep it at 
no more than two a year. And uh, I think it flopped for Trump, to be honest with you. It's also by bizarre. The, mu the music was terrible. I watched about four minutes of oh, it. Yeah. And it was kind of amusing to see him behind his rain screen, you know, little box he was in there. But, uh, you know, imagine the worst possible music that you could think of, and that's pretty much what they had. No Lawrence Welk, huh? Not even that good. <laughs> well, I'm glad I missed it. And, of course, I did. Uh, I listened uh, to baseball. That's American enough for me. Uh, of course, it was ironic, by the way, that there was a giant earthquake uh, occurring out in California right as that was happening. Uh, I think that took some of the... Uh, almost poetic justice somehow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't, you don't, there's other stuff to pay attention to, yeah. folks. <laughs> and of course, you know, it was a serious earthquake, but in the middle of the Mojave Desert, uh, damage was minuscule. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, we're back to arguing about citizenship. I noticed in the, um, and I've been talking about this uh, as a theme for well over a year, how actually incompetent Trump is. It's interesting that the British ambassador has some <laughs> choice. Um, it's hard to argue with what he I says. Don't, don't think you can argue with a single thing he no, says. Not that in the least. Uh, why that was leaked is anybody's guess. But I noticed in the June Harper's Index uh, related to this citizenship uh, <clears throat> brouhaha that's reemerged, even though Trump lost in front of the Supreme Court, as well as a federal judge uh, the day after the 4th of July. I don't think Trump paid attention to that earthquake. But <clears throat> average percentage win rate for the president in court cases involving the adoption of new regulations, 5.6. Average percentage win uh, for... Uh, Presidential administrations in court cases involving the adoption of new regulations, 69%. So uh, Trump has a, a losing record. It's barely one out of 20 and is demonstrative of his continuing abuse of the executive order and the fact that our country does have checks and balances uh, that uh, mitigate some of the damage that he's doing uh, internationally. Fascinating in the same Harper's Index to read median percentage approval rating worldwide of U.S. leadership, 31% of Chinese leadership, 34%. I think that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> uh, and, of course, China's got their own uh, issues that I uh, have uh, problems with, but uh, I think that China is actually moving properly in a lot of, of the right directions. And as for the militarization, I don't know if you've noticed uh, the uh, fact that the Trump administration is now asserting that the uh, Iranians shot down the drone right. in international water. Uh, well, that's still uh, not been proven. But I did, did dig up a report about drones and what's actually going on with these. This is actually from a New York Times editorial dated the 31st of March. Pentagon says American airstrikes in Somalia have killed no civilians since 
President Trump accelerated attacks against the Shabab militants there two years ago. Amnesty International investigated five of the more than 100 strikes out of Somalia since 2017 by drones and manned aircraft. And in just that small sampling found that at least 14 civilians were killed. The Pentagon says that airstrikes by the American-led uh, coalition fighting ISIS uh, killed uh, 1,257 civilians as of the end of January. Air Wars, a monitoring group, estimates that those strikes killed 7,500 civilians. It's interesting because the Trump administration has issued an order that allows the CIA to keep secret how many civilians are killed in the agency's strikes outside of, get this, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, Pakistan, North Africa. You know, this is what's going on. North Africa is kind of a broad yeah. realm to throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and oh, let's just say North Africa, too. What? Cover that whole Libya, yeah. Chad, Niger, Nigeria, Tunisia, Morocco, and of course Tunisia. Somalia, uh, which is clearly an area where Trump has um, picked up uh, attacks. Of course, the Obama administration had passed a uh, executive order to minimize casualties, but um, Civilians died under Obama. The Obama administration estimated that in its two terms, uh, drone strikes had killed between 64 and 116 civilians and 542 airstrikes. Um, Micah Zenko, co-author of a new book, Clear and Present Safety, calculated the real tally at roughly 324. And of course, you know, unlike the uh, Obama administration, there's absolutely no way of telling to what extent the Saudis are actually calling some of the shots on U.S. maneuvers in the Middle East. Sure. At this point, um, clearly, uh, Jared has his sleepover pal there, and uh, Trump is enamored of uh, any autocrats. Um, so we just don't know. And, of course, how alarming that, that a recent uh, report from the 8th of June uh, in the New York Times basically details how um, recent negotiations between Trump and the Saudi leadership might put bomb secrets in Saudi hands. Uh, this is part of... Those are nice, shiny, brand-new brand Sherman tanks. Of course, the last war that tanks were used in, by the way, uh, with any effectiveness, was the Korean War. They don't work real well in jungles and out in the desert. <laughs> well, and, you know, even in Europe, as any student of World War II will tell you, uh, supply lines. Tanks yeah. are all about supply lines sure. more than any other uh, ground-based offensive uh, weaponry. And, of course, Napoleon discovered that problem himself when he <laughs> tried to go one country too far during the Napoleonic Wars. Um, so, yeah, this, this, these claims and the rhetoric that we're now hearing about Iran and a nuclear weapon is really silly. I well, mean, yeah, just, I mean... Uh, they're enriching uranium from 3% to 5%, and they're going over some 
mass total, but the IAEA is there. They're doing the inspections. Well, and the other thing is, is that, you know, if uh, we didn't want them to do that, we probably should have stayed in the uh, agreedy that had been signed uh, that precluded them from doing so. Now that, you know, the U.S. has said, well, we no longer honor that thing. Well, why do we expect that they should? So this is, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship on on their part. But uh, they have to also factor into the equation, well, you know, how much bomb technology might the Saudis get? So, you know, they're reading all the sure. regional players as well. This is what countries have to do. Uh, as well as Trump claiming he's going to sell hundreds of billions of dollars worth of weaponry to the United Arab Emirates, the... Right, so the, the, the Saudis, etc. The Trump peace plan for the Middle East is apparently ratcheting up the militarization of it. It's crazy, and of course, uh, you know, when there is a contract that's been breached and America breached it, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous that they're trying to sue for damages, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, Trump wants some big new deal, but Iran has put it in pretty plain English. They're not going to do that. No negotiations until the sanctions uh, are re-removed. So um, there's an impasse there. There are obviously some efforts behind the scenes to keep this uh, uh, deal in in, uh, some working order. But uh, I think what's quite clear from the last couple of weeks is America is not going to be getting any assistance from any of our allies on any Iranian uh, airstrikes or whatever Trump actually has in mind. I think the long-term strategy for European leaders is uh, the hope that he's a one-term, uh, you know, phenomena. Well, yeah, and of course that's Which, part of— Heaven help us. That's, heaven help us. It's, it's going to be hard to predict the 20, uh, 20 election at this point because of the enormous Democratic— field but uh, uh, interestingly i don't know if you heard eric swalwell has this is the first of the dropouts you know, names to to drop out and you know i i well, like him a lot he uh, delivered a pretty nice punch in the second debate he did indeed and you know that's a guy with i think a very strong political future he's a very articulate young yeah. you know, man family man with a good background in public service uh and i really very much admire him for his uh willingness to put the gun issue you know as a former high school teacher Mm -hmm. having had to participate in you know active shooter drills with uh you know really frightened teenagers uh i think that that is a major issue i hope that he will continue to you know whomever he decides to uh throw his support behind that that is a major issue and i think a winning issue if properly couched uh, for the Democrats, whoever the the nominee should end up being. Yeah, and and a guy like that, and this I think is is uh, pretty much the case with a lot of these uh, candidates. You know, some of them are thinking about a run in the future. Yeah, he's young enough. You know, you know make a, a name for yourself. Make a name. Yeah, learn uh, a few tricks. And he could be a potential, <clears throat> you know, future attorney general. You make contacts uh, when you campaign uh, within uh, both party structures and sort of non-governmental agencies and that sort of thing. You get to meet voters. It's uh, it's not the end of the world to drop out when you're <laughs> polling in the 1% sure. area. Yeah. Um, and that might enable um, 
maybe a more serious candidate like Governor Bullock of uh, Montana uh, to be allowed on stage. He's uh, he's a serious candidate, I think. Has some interesting. He does interviews quite well. The two that I've heard. Um, he's from a red state, <laughs> you know. He's right. He's and and I don't think the Democrats, by the way, are talking enough about trade tariffs. Uh, income inequality quite enough. Uh, there's a lot of proposals out there. I'm even a little skeptical of Medicare for all at this point. I'm worried about the solvency of Medicare for the ones that are already on Medicare because uh, that um, trust fund is supposed to pretty much go bankrupt uh, in six years. And that five years, that's, you know, right around the corner. And with Donald Trump, uh, unable to borrow any more money from Deutsche Bank. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're in the news, but we won't talk you, about them. <laughs> well, they're laying a bunch of yeah, people off. <laughs> that's all they're doing. But, uh, a lot of people. You know, you, you start wondering about some of these finance uh, problems that America has. He keeps ranting and raving about the interest rate problem. And, you know, I kind of looked it up. It's, it's uh, you know, 30-year mortgage rates are near their all-time lows. They're not up from five years ago. Uh, the federal fund rate is up a little bit. Uh, you know what, and auto loans are up a little bit. But auto loans are up not because of uh, Fed policy, but because the auto companies are having difficulty making money selling cars mm-hmm. because of the tariffs. Yep. So they're actually using the financing of cars to make money. This has been a long time tactic of the auto companies. In fact, well, the lease own thing, yeah, the whole <laughs> leasing thing is is part of that. The infamous K car. It's like if you can find a better car, buy it. I'm like, oh god, that's just going to help the Japanese, dude. <laughs> but he was a a but charming salesman. Despite anyway. <laughs> uh, all the uh, you know accounts reassuring uh, Americans that uh, oh the the market is is strong. The economy is stable and doing well. Uh, again, yes and no, depending yes. on how you look no. at it re- with regards to uh, different pockets within the economy, uh, agriculture, uh, certain industrial uh, uh, aspects of it. But the deficit, the deficit huge, grows huger by each passing minute. And, of course, Republicans used to pretend to care a lot about the deficit, but all these rosy scenarios about, oh, the economy is great. You know, the Trump economy is it's, it's better. Things are better than ever. It's like that's an illusion because at the end of the day, the the deficit is like a growing cancer on the American economy. Yeah. And American interest rates indeed have to be higher than, uh, say, our European uh, erstwhile allies because we need to keep bringing in the capital. Uh Obviously, the American dollar is key to our preeminence economically. But when I was looking, for instance, at the unemployment graphs in uh, the weekend's Wall Street Journal, it's amazing to me how sideways the economy really is. I don't even know how anybody can claim it's booming. It's doing okay. It's not a disaster. Uh, Just last uh, uh, Monday, uh, a week ago, the American economy entered the longest uh, expansion in history, basically, 10 years. And, of course, this started uh, following the stimulus package in 2009. There seems to be amnesia about the financial crisis of 2008 
when deregulation and Bush's irresponsible wars in the Middle East uh, and all sorts of other things were tax cuts were creating this massive uh, imbalance in all sorts of things. Um, so this this continuing carping on uh, J- Jerome Powell, Jay Powell, as he's commonly known, is just ridiculous. It's it's got no no business uh, being part of the negotiations, and I think that it's just another distraction that Trump is using to um, sort of undermine the, the reality that the tariffs uh, have hurt uh, in some parts of our economy. Listen to the farmers. Yeah, for one. And, you know, you would think, by the way, that that would be a constituency that the Democrats could develop an agricultural policy. I mean, even in the recovery that we're having, it's pretty well established that rural areas are doing very poorly. And the cities that are booming are actually the blue cities, you know, that voted for Hillary Clinton. Um you know, you can also see from the labor participation rate over the last uh, uh, four four years, dating back to Obama, that <clears throat> things are pretty much the same. You know, it's just it it it's going sideways for the most part. So when I see a um, a headline that says "sizzling growth in jobs soothes trade anxieties," uh, this was the description of uh, this weekend's. Uh, announcement that 224,000 jobs were created, well, that makes up for the fact that last month it was very low. Um, Average job uh, creation has gone down, and we've already, we've heard this over and over for the last five, six years. Businesses are having problems finding workers. (laughs) You know, we we have an aging society. We need to remember that Every single day in the United States, 10,000 people are eligible to start collecting Social Security. That's because the baby boom is is is, is going to last uh, for the next, next decade, mm-hmm. you know, literally. But we're we're going to have more uh, people retiring. Of course, a lot of people can't afford to retire anymore. And there should be job creation. We, we had very high... Birth rates in the early part of the uh, of the new millennium. You know the echo demographics are very useful in understanding economics. I think you got to look stuff up. Oh, there are long patterns yeah. that emerge uh, with analysis. Yeah, because if you think about it, it we're in what twenty nineteen. Kids that are just graduated from high school were born in two thousand and one. Basically, mm-hmm. they were born either right after 9-11 or right before it. You know, in some states, uh, kids that graduate are 17. But these are the young people entering the job market. And that's a, there's a lot of people. We had birth rates in the early part of the century, literally the noughties, where there were 4 million babies being born every year. Uh, they call that, I guess, the echo boom, you know, the... The children of the baby the boomers tail end of the baby boom are having their own kids, their yeah. own kids and yep. the baby boomers are now grandparents, which is true. <laughs> That's the way the the cookie crumbles, as yep. they say. Uh, you know, and and of course, women are having children later in life, uh, getting married later in life, if at all, and uh, well, 
I don't know if Donald Trump is going to be available after he gets kicked out of office. But that statue to Melania. <laughs> oh, I suspect it won't be too long before it, uh, somebody takes a chainsaw to it. It is made of wood. <laughs> Just timber. Somebody said it looks like a scarecrow, and I thought... <laughs> I didn't get a real good picture view of it, but I thought, well, perfect. Trump can be the cowardly lion. Yeah, it kind of looks like one of those cheap uh, totem pole type things that you find at like a gift shop in uh, somewhere in northern Minnesota. In the Black Hills of South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. On the subject of effigies and uh, (laughs) mockery in general, uh, it's with great shock and sadness that i saw the report last week that mad magazine oh yeah you saw this yeah i heard that uh has i think very strangely decided that they're done and that after two more issues uh that they are going to stay in publication but only producing new material at the end of each year which at least that's something because they have been doing this uh, the twenty stupidest things of the year mm-hmm. issue, sure. which is is usually quite strong. Uh, but the article, as it appeared in uh, the uh, New York Times of I guess this was Friday, I think mischaracterizes uh, the age of the magazine. At, at a couple points, they say uh, Mad Magazine's lack of relevance to the generations that came after the baby boom, supposedly. Uh, Trump said that Buttigieg looked like Alfred E. Newman, and the article says uh, Buttigieg responded to the insult by cheekily claiming he didn't get the reference. I doubt very much that Buttigieg doesn't know who Alfred no, E. Newman knows. is. He knows. Uh, he just doesn't he want. He just doesn't want to be compared to exactly. Mr. Bean. He doesn't want to be. Com- <laughs> Remember, you know, he's saying, "Oh, I don't see the resemblance," but obviously, he gets the thing. And I, you know, that's as, who he looks like, Mr. Bean. You know, well, the, a little the bit. Brit- yeah, the British the, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm 56. I started buying Mad Magazine in 1972 when I was nine years old uh, after having, you know, looked at my uncle's copies Mm -hmm. laying around over at grandma's house. Uh, We didn't have The Simpsons when I was a kid. I always tell my daughters Mad Magazine was like your monthly dose of sanity to show you, yes, you're not crazy. There's a lot of stupid out there in the world, and a lot of it is very powerful. They routinely attacked advertising, uh, government abuses. Some of their stuff about the Vietnam War was just brilliant, you know, Jonathan Swift-type satire. Now, they did slide a little bit into, uh, for me, irrelevance in the early 90s, but lately they've been hitting it hard. In fact, I'm holding up so that uh, Dick can see it here. There's a special edition mad about the Trump error. Yes. And the cover <laughs> image of it's a joke on the old copper tone yep. ad where Vladimir Putin is the little girl with the tan line exposed and the little dog on all fours biting at the bottom of the bathing suit is your president. This is what makes America great. The This kind of satire. So uh, the fact that there's this weird corporate buyout and that ATT buys out Time Warner and someone at AT&T has decided, well, I guess Mad Magazine is done now. Uh, that seems very weird to me. Uh, I don't know what their circulation numbers are, but, you know, we buy gift subscriptions for, uh, you know, my nephews and nieces and for friends and well, and humor is the only way you can get through an era like this because Indeed. you you literally will go crazy 
uh, if you take it all too seriously. And it's very frustrating uh, listening to a, a leader of our country lie day after day, mm-hmm. hour after hour about everything. It's not just little, it's not big things, it's everything. Just today, we have the cleanest air and the cleanest sparkling water in the world. And that's the way we like it. He slashed the funding yeah. to address these issues. Yeah, so. and it's, it's ludicrous that, that uh, this continues. But yeah, humor is, is really about one of the only ant- to antidotes to this kind of insanity that's going on in our country. So. And even to listen to Mike Pence today talking about, we're never going to allow Iran to have a nuclear mm-hmm. weapon. I'm like, but they're nowhere near building a nuclear right. weapon. This has got nothing to do with nuclear weapons. And, uh, you know, when you read this British uh, <laughs> this British report from the ambassador, uh, Kim Dorich, I think is his name, uh, who probably is going to be forced out because this was probably a deliberate leak uh, from uh, somebody inside the British government. Oh, yeah, yeah. Surely connected to Boris Johnson. Uh, in some fashion. But um, it's interesting that his assessment of Mr. Trump's domestic accomplishments are the following. Of the main campaign promises, not an inch of wall has been built. The executive orders on travel bans for Muslim countries have been blocked by state courts. Tax reform and infrastructure packages have been pushed into middle distance and the repeal and replacement of Obamacare is on a knife's edge. Now, this report was obviously written uh, maybe a year ago or even two years ago, but the point is not much is happening. There's a lot of yelling and screaming and bragging, and it it really incompetence is what Donald Trump is all about. I mean, look at this mess with the census. It's just like, dude, you lost in court, not once, twice. Get on with it. Oh, no, we're going to we're going to file another lawsuit and try and drag this out again. Over Without s- even notifying the lawyers who had been doing the work on sure. the administration's behalf. And of course, what emerged was that the, the, the lawyers that argued the case before the Supreme Court several months ago committed perjury. <laughs> I mean, this 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 yeah. lobbyist guy uh, whose name I can't remember, uh, you know, they discovered in his papers his his daughter i guess found the memos the smoking guns uh that show that uh the whole thing is a ruse so uh, you know i mean how explicit can the constitution be it says headcount do it don't come up with 28 excuses and nonsense about oh well we have to count citizens you know the last time they did put that on the census was interesting I just sort of discovered that it was 1950. And, of course, in 1950, in America, we were dealing with loyalty oaths. Right. We were dealing with Red Scare number two. Mm -hmm. We were dealing with people ratting on neighbors. And this environment exists in America right now, you know, with 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 the immigration stuff. We had a report over the weekend about the FBI... Uh, using um, <clears throat> drivers' uh, databases uh, in, in certain states to take, you know, facial recognition. All oh, right. 
this stuff is 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 mind-boggling. What's Congress doing about any of this? Nothing. Mitch McConnell is just going to simply have another whiskey. <laughs> just a reminder.